Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. And my voice has come back, so it's getting there at least. It's trying. It's trying, yeah. (laughs) I'm a little stuffed up still, but... A little stuffy and a little slurry, because yeah. we've had some <laughs> strong iced teas. Yeah, actually, what is it? Because it's super delicious. Um, I actually don't know the name of it, oh, but sure. it's like a peach iced tea. Okay, we'll just call so, it that. Peach yeah, iced tea. I can look it up no, no, if no. there's another no. name for it. but I like the peach iced tea, because that's exactly what it is. We Caitlin contacted me, and it was like, bitch, we need to do something other than vodka and gin, because that's all we do. <laughs> So I looked up a damn whiskey recipe, mm. or you also did, except for the first drink you sent me was everything I hate in a glass. It's everything and... I loved. Very opposite. Yeah. Ugh. Ginger, whiskey, barf. I'm having no part of it. It's probably delicious. Part... Ginger is so good. Just love it, Michelle. <sighs> Hard pass. Anyway. All right. So I was like, nah, we ain't doing that. I don't know what I just said, but so we found this Maker's Mark peach tea recipe. Mm. The recipe goes, it's one part Maker's Mark to a half a part peach schnapps, and then you sort of fill the glass with some unsweetened iced tea, Mm -hmm. and I just felt like that wasn't going to cut it for us, so (laughs) So what's our recipe then? Yeah, our recipe is like one part Maker's Mark Mm -hmm. to like three part peach schnapps. Pour a little bit of that in the glass, add perhaps a little bit more of peach schnapps, and then <laughs> fill it with iced tea. Yeah. So ours is peach schnapps heavy. Yeah. But yeah. it's actually, it's very good. It's very tasty. Yeah. I think because you can't taste the whiskey, but yeah. I mean, uh, peach tea, it's really good. It's I love tea and I love peach, so this is a perfect, refreshing, uh, hot summer drink. It was very refreshing. And if you like uh, the taste of whiskey, as we do not... Just keep it to the original recipe or just add a little bit more and you're going to be set. Mm -hmm. It's all to people's preferences, to your taste. So we garnished with a peach and called it good. Yeah. It's really, Ah. it's very delicious. So thank you, Michelle, for. I haven't really had much to eat for breakfast or lunch. Some Cheetos. Some Cheetos. Yeah. I had like six of them. So I'm set to go. (sighs) Okay. Well, that's. There's something in my stomach. There's something. And a quarter of a peach. I ate the rest of the garnish. Oh, (laughs) I didn't even see that. That's hilarious. I ate the, the rest of the garnish. Uh, all right. Ready to kick it? it? Yeah. Let's okay. hear your story. I hear it's a little disturbing, Caitlin. It is, and it's recent, so there's some, like, updates that are coming up, so... Oh, sorry, guys, but I haven't done a true crime one in a, a, in a hot bit. second, I think. Okay. And maybe... Maybe because last week I didn't do it. Did I do a true crime? No, it was like two times you haven't done true crime. Yeah, wow. And I rely on you for all my true crime news. I'm so sorry. Well, this is a, this is a what do you call it? A stinger? Uh, I'm not clear. I don't know what you call. Okay, whatever. A sting operation? No, no, no. Just like it's a like uh, it's like pow pow. Ka-ta! Like, holy shit. I don't... I'm sorry. Okay. Hey, let's rock and roll. Okay. I'm I'm intrigued. It's sad. Okay. Oh! <laughs> sorry. So don't be intrigued. Yeah. Sorry. You dumb bee. Oh, my You're going to be crying by the end. All right. Let's just fucking get to I it. I will have sorry. to say, like, I read mine, and mine is not even super emotional. That's and good. I was tearing up. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm... Ugh. 
I don't know. I'm just super emotional these days. But if I cry, I'm just telling you right now. I okay. We can just blame it on the drinks. (laughs) There we go. We blame everything on the drinks. That's true. You mispronounced that or had a completely (laughs) wrong fact. Drinks. (laughs) Well, this this survivor's name is Holden White. So I can very much say that very well. Holden White. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it is 2020, and we're in Louisiana. Okay. And Holden is 18 years old. Okay. And he's on the app Grinder, which if no one knows, is like uh, a like a hookup app, like yeah. like Tinder, but for uh, gay men or bisexual men, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's for men to hook up with men. Yeah, pretty much. So he was actually talking on and off with this one guy named Chance for a month. So they were chatting. I mean, it's okay. kind of like. People say they find, actually, like, their soulmates on Tinder. I mean, it's not always just for a hookup. You know, sometimes you just really want to meet people. Sometimes you, know. you hook up and also fall in love. Exactly. Okay. Well, Chance is 19 years old, so they're close in age. And Holden said that they had great conversations, and he seemed like he really cared about his life. Okay. And So they had found a deeper connection other yeah, than just hooking up. Exactly. Have they hooked up at this point? No. Or are they still just talking? They're just chatting. They're just like, hey, how's your day? Blah, blah, blah. You know, my day was awful. My boss sucks. <laughs> so it is June 2020. So we're in the pandemic, people. No, no, no. Yeah, don't be hooking up during the pandemic. But Holden invites Chance over to his apartment, and Chance actually declines. He's like, Nah, like not right I'm now. I'm still nervous about this whole situation. Yeah, but a few days later, Chance actually invites him over to his dad's house to play video games, and okay. Holden was like. Sure. I mean, yeah, that, sounds, that fine. sounds fine. Yeah. So Holden was planning on to meet him at his house, but uh, Chance was just like, no, I want to come pick you up. I want to be a gentleman. You know, I want to come get you. I'm going to probably regret later my like, oh, he is a gentleman. Yeah. But he, like, he was <laughs> He's old like, school. you are. <laughs> <laughs> Chance actually said that he was going to stop by his house first just to make sure that, you know, no one was home and then he'll pick him up and Holden was like well I have an apartment I you know you can just come over to my apartment he was living by himself you know okay and he was just like no next time I want to be at my house like more comfortable I guess okay. I mean it could make sense yeah but the plan is still to go see go play video games go play at video games house, at yeah. Chance's dad's house mm-hmm. okay yeah and so on June 20th Chance picks Holden up at 7 p.m. And Holden brings a bag of, like, PlayStation and some games for them to play. So there's no talk of, like, you know, getting intimate or anything like that. It's just mm-hmm. a hangout, you know? Probably everyone's nervous because yeah. it's the first time you've met in person. Well, and... that's the thing. is like, once they got back to his house, Holden says it was a very nice house. Like, it oh. was very nice. <laughs> so, I mean, that's nice. And actually, Chance had, like, towers of Xbox games. So, like, he was pretty well off and such. But the conversation now was a bit awkward. I mean, because, you know, it's the first time hanging out. You know, you're in his his room, you know. Yeah. No, I've been in that situation. right. So, Holden actually reaches into his bag to get out his games that he brought. But then, all of a sudden, he feels a cord around his neck. (gasps) What? And then, all of a sudden... He is getting pulled from behind, and Holden is trying to fight back, but cannot overcome Chance. So Chance put a cord around his neck. Okay, like, I knew true crime was coming, and but I still was just hoping for a little bit of romance for poor Holden. <laughs> like, right? it just seemed all so nice. It happened really fast. 
It really was. So, so it is Chance now choking Holden. Correct. With yeah. a cord of some kind. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Holden blacks out, of course. You oh, know, gosh. There's yeah. no... No oxygen. Mm-hmm. You're, yeah. He wakes up later in the bathtub naked. The water is running and it is super cold. It is uh, freezing. I don't know why super cold seems lame. It's super cold. Super, super cold. <laughs> oh my goodness. No. So, so they just have the cold water just running. running. Mm-hmm. Is there any ice or anything? No, nope. it's just cold it's water. It's just cold water running. So Holden looks at his left wrist and Chance is slicing at <gasps> it very hard, basically trying to cut his hand off. What? Yeah. Not just like commit suicide him. Nope. It is sawing <gasps> with a knife. Oh. Holden is now going in and out of consciousness because of the pain and the blood loss. Oh my god. So his memories are like in and out. So this is like from his perspective, of course. This is a nightmare. I know. He remembers Chance doing the same thing to his right wrist as well. Oh my god. He states, the neck was more like the torturing stage. I want to say he was trying to go for the artery, but he missed and... He would take the tip of the knife and was twisting it into my throat each time. What? Okay, so sorry, I, I apologize. Really yeah, so no. he's tried to cut off left hand and right hand, and then switched over to right hand. Correct. Poor Holden's passing in and mm-hmm. out, and now he's like essentially trying to cut his head off. Well, not head off, but trying to hit, hit the artery. artery. Trying to hit the artery so he bleeds out, but he missed. Six times. Oh, my God. He stabbed him in the neck six times. Oh, my God. That's... And he said that was the most pain that he felt. Of course. Poor guy is feeling all his pain. All the other people are like, I felt nothing. Mm Mm-hmm. Another time Holden woke up, he remembers feeling, feeling cold and looking down to see the bathtub filled with blood. Oh, so he still has his hands, though, at this point. Yes, but, but they're barely. barely there. He looked up and Chance was just staring at him. He was just staring at me with a fearful look in his face. Like, I just did this look. I was lying in the bathtub, naked, bleeding out, the water red and cold. And I remember thinking, well, this is it. The last words I said to myself were just stay calm over and over in my head. And I was just repeating it to myself to stay calm. Oh, my gosh. I would have struggled to stay calm. Right? Then Holden went into a peaceful, pitch black space. It was like a deep sense of peace wash over him. Oh my God. He's on the verge of dying. Mm -hmm. That's what's happening. He eventually saw a light and he was just like, I'm going to walk towards the light because it's peaceful. I know. Oh my gosh. He continued to walk towards this light. And when he got to the light, he actually woke up in the hospital. (gasps) Mm -hmm. What? He was in a coma for three days before he woke up. What? So this ah! whole time he's like heading towards the light. Mm-hmm. He's, he's actually in a, in a coma. Isn't that crazy? Oh, I just got goosebumps mm-hmm. hard. So I got chills too. Ah, so yeah. Isn't that crazy like how fast that was? But it was actually over three days. Yeah. Ah! I mean, thank goodness for him. Yeah. In a lot of ways. So when he finally woke up, he was bombarded with questions like... Uh, How did you get rescued? That's my first question. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, but if you knew who he was, where he was, you oh. know, just like trying to like gauge how much you actually remember mm-hmm. and oh gosh. And he was able to answer it. He did know who he was, but he mm. didn't know where he was. Mm. Like, of course, you go to like this peaceful, you know, 
going towards the light and then wake up in a, a white room, you know, hooked up to machines. Yeah. Ah! I gotta stop screaming. I keep screaming. I'm so sorry. I know. I sometimes wonder, am I a woo girl? Is that what no. it is? Because I'm like, woo! Are you? Yeah. Every time, like, this exciting thing happens. Woo! Oh, I meant in the podcast. No, I've wooed numerous times oh, okay. in the podcast. I'm a fucking woo girl. <laughs> God damn it. At least we know that about ourselves. <laughs> yeah. I'm a screamer. You're a wooer. Together, we're a perfect pair. Woo! Uh, <laughs> sorry. Okay. Ah! Back to Holden and his tragic story. I know, right? Good lord. So, he was now at the Lafayette General's Intensive Care Unit. Holden was very lucky to be alive. He suffered from strangulation that actually popped every blood vessel in his face. (gasps) That's how hard he was strangled. Strangled. Oh, my God. That is... I can't even hardly imagine that. No. Right? Oh, my God. The six stab wounds to his neck, blunt force trauma to the back of his head... And cut so deep to his wrist that his hands were nearly sawed off. Oh it was close. Ah. So Holden spent a whole month in the hospital and he underwent surgeries and physical and occupational therapies to relearn how to use his hands. Oh Because they had to retach them pretty much. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So he got to go home just before his 19th birthday. Oh. Right. That's hard to hear. So, according to police records, Chance actually called 911 and told the operator that he just murdered a man and would wait outside for the police. What? So, he was arrested and charged with attempted second-degree murder. He had a $250,000 bond and pled not guilty in November of 2020. Okay, so you call the police and be like, hey, I just murdered this dude. You've should probably come get him. Yep. I'll be waiting outside for you. But I'm not but, guilty. <laughs> but not guilty. I see. So Holden had to... Actually, he learned about this through the media. The court didn't even notify him about the court case in November. What? Yeah. So he states... I'm like, not on Caitlin's watch. <laughs> None of that watch. shit would have happened. He states, I knew nothing about it. I asked why I wasn't informed of this and was told that there wasn't a need to tell me. This concerns him and it concerns me. This concerns me. This concerns him and it concerns me. As in me, as in... Oh. Like, it... This... Not as in it concerns Caitlin. She's worried about this egregious, like... (laughs) No, like, this thing can... Like, he was a part of this. So, So it it does, in fact, concern him. him And it concerns me that no one notified me. Gotcha. Yeah, sorry. That's what the... That's word for word, you know? (laughs) It's word for word. But... Each state has different laws mm. and such. And but where was this again? I apologize. Louisiana. That's right. But in Oregon, we make sure the victim is notified about every court hearing. Every court hearing. Either yeah. through mail or through an advocate. Or both. Mail and advocate. And we, like, talk to the victim to see what they want to be seen done. Like, they get a voice in the sentence, mm. you know? And As they should. They should, exactly. It's, ugh, I just... So this I really was the attempted murdery. Exactly. <laughs> so this really made me upset. But Holden has found himself feeling much calmer. Much calmer. I'm telling you oh guys. I so think sorry. these drinks are a little stronger than maybe we give them credit for. I think so. Because I, this editing, Nick is, this is the first episode Nick is going to learn how to edit. Oh, good fucking luck, Nicholas. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, so Holden has found himself feeling much calmer ever since the attack, but frustrated about how the case has been handled so far. Mm-hmm. So it's that's really interesting that like, he feels calmer. I think every survivor goes through something something different. He yeah. came out more calmer. 
Like, I've been through such traumatic, so this, everything else I like, come against. Like, everything else is like, whatever the fuck. Exactly. I, I'm not getting attempted murdered. Yeah. So. Exactly. So, I mean, that's. How bad can it be? Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. I could see that, though. It's, yeah. like, really sort of digging in and what matters yeah. in life. And, like, you know, I'm alive. So, so me these, stressing about this test is not going to be, you know, it's yeah, nothing. These little dramas just don't matter as much to me anymore. Exactly. I could see that. So we didn't think law enforcement really handled his case handled very it well. well. No, because they also didn't ask for him to get a rape kit done because he found himself naked in the bathtub. So he got undressed. So he doesn't know if he was sexually assaulted. And that's something oh. that it's hard. Was I sexually assaulted? Like, you never know. You'll never know if you were oh. or not. So... Ah, so that what if is always going to be there. How heartbreaking is that? Yeah, that would be pretty heartbreaking. And any other injuries, you know, when someone is sexually assaulted, damage, trauma to the body parts, bruises and such like that. So not being able to know what actually happened to you is terrible. I am surprised about the not doing any kind of rape. Yeah. Testing, as right? you say. I mean, maybe at that point they were just trying to like... Save his life. Yeah, and stabilize him and get those hands sewn back on, yeah. I'm presuming. But still. Still. Like, they really should have... In addition to all of that, yeah. they should have done the Kit, testing, you know, as you were saying. Yeah. Get some peace of mind, at least. Yeah. Well, and fucking charge the asshole for rape if he yeah, raped you. Yeah, exactly. Like, come on. Hold him accountable for all the shit that he did. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm with you, Caitlin. I know. So after months, Holden, his friends and family actually wanted to add a charge of hate crime. Mm. Um, he believed that Chance targeted him because of his sexuality. Oh. I actually had wondered that mm-hmm. earlier. Right. He states... He could have done this to a woman. Instead, he chose to do something to someone who's gay and proud about his sexuality. Hmm. Holden looks at his scars and considers them a reminder. Not that he was a victim, but that he is a survivor. Ugh. Holden, good job. I know. He states, the only time I was a victim was when I was in that three-day coma. I've come out of this a stronger person. I survived it. I am a survivor. Damn. I know. He even got a tattoo on his right hand five weeks after the attack. It's a red semicolon oh, situated between the head and the the back of the a black arrow. So it's in between an arrow, a semicolon. Oh, I see. Okay. So the semicolon uh, tattoo has actually been... Uh, Isn't has, that sort of a suicide prevention? Pretty much. It's The semicolon tattoo has become a common symbol of hope for those suffering from depression, mental illness, or suicidal thoughts. Hmm. It's been a deliberate punctuation choice an author makes when presented with an opportunity to end a sentence, with the sentence being the symbol for its own life. Hmm. There we go. All right. So actually, Holden still uses dating apps, even Grindr. I mean, he... Wants to find love and he wants to find connections, you know? As we all do. I exactly. mean, come on. Yeah. So he is more cautious, of course, and keeps his smartphone's location on so his friends can know where he's at mm, at all times. That's smart. Yeah. Share your location. I remember <laughs> I had this whole employee meeting with like, I think I had 40 employees in there and I was going on my second date with Joel and it was like, what do I do if Joel's going to murder me? Mm. Like, what do I, what happens if I'm in a murder situation? And I took feedback. <laughs> That's good. Hey. And keeping your, the GPS location, on yeah. your phone was like number one. And yeah, you know, I mean, it was mostly a joke, but 
kind, kind of, of a true. little bit yeah, not yeah. a joke also. No, absolutely. Joel did not out. end up murdering me. Yeah, I you're married up, now, yeah, so married. it worked out. Yeah, give it time. No, just kidding. If anyone's murder- murdering anyone, I'm going to murder Joel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love him. He just made me put rock in a Ditch? trench today, and it was Why? the worst. Were you trying to hide something? <sighs> you better wash yourself, Kaylin. <laughs> no, it's just to avoid flooding. Whatever. Responsible property <laughs> owners. <laughs> it has been difficult for Holden to keep a low profile. A low profile since his story has been shared everywhere, including here. Uh, Sorry, Holden. Yeah. But his story actually should be shared, like the dangers of all of this. And well, yeah. I think we're all scared of this whole situation happening to right? any one of us. But he did receive $100,000 in donations to help with his medical bills. Oh, well, that's good. So, yeah, it has been helpful. It probably didn't even fucking cover hardly any of it. Probably not, unfortunately. So... Oh, he used to work at a local restaurant before the attack, but is struggling to find jobs now that could help with his physical limitations and actually work with his physical therapy appointments and college classes. Oh. So he's trying to, like, live on his own, but still, like, work and go to school and still be able to go to his physical therapy sessions. Holden has regained about 85% of his grip strength in his dominant hand, but only only 19% in his other uh, so that's hard. Well, I mean, at least it's his dominant hand, but still. Yeah. I'm like, so he. Chance. I know, right? So he is going to get his bachelor's degree and become a teacher, uh, a theater teacher, sorry, a drama teacher. But his ultimate goal is to become an actor. Oh, same. <laughs> he states, I'm not going to let anything stop me from getting where I want to be. I want to be an actor. That's really the end goal. But if that doesn't work, I can still teach. That's right. (laughs) Holden is a Sir Thriver. He is. So Holden is still demanding justice, but would not seek the death penalty against him. Hmm. Do we know, like, where Chance ended up? I mean, I'm presuming he's still in jail. You got some more to this story. It's it's still going. Okay, okay. He states, I don't wish death on him. I have remorse for him. Anyone with mental illness needs help. No sane person would do something like that to another person. Yeah. It's true, though. That, yeah. Well said, Caitlin. <laughs> and <laughs> Holden. <laughs> yeah. So the FBI is now actually, con- like, he- they took over the investigation. The FBI oh. did. And. Is it because uh, Chance is killed more than once? Or attempted to kill more than once? Girl, look at you. Just wait. So a federal grand jury on March 18th, 2021. So this year. uh, Returned with six count indictment, charging Chance with hate crime, kidnapping, firearm, and obstruction charges based on his attempted murder of Holden. Okay. It seems Chance had a scheme to kidnap and murder gay men he met online. Oh, gosh. So, he's kind of a serial. Mm-hmm. Like... The indictment alleges everyone's proven till guilty. So, it's yeah. still an open case. So, it's allegedly that on June 19th and 20th, 2020, Chance attempted to kidnap one man and successfully kidnapped two other men through his use of grinder. It further alleges that the defendant intended to dismember and keep parts of the victim's bodies as trophies Mementos and food. What? Food? 
food. Yeah. He was going to eat them? Allegedly. Allegedly. What the fuck, Caitlin? <laughs> oh, that took it a whole new level. He tried to cover up his actions by deleting conversations between himself and the victims. Oh, you can't delete shit anymore. I know, right? The NSA's got all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of his social media profiles actually is the profile pic is Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm. Mm. That's not creepy at all. No. After his indictment, Holden states he is getting what he deserves and justice will continue to be served. I am shocked he turned himself in, frankly. So he pled not guilty and called 911 in self-described effort to be put in a mental institution. So he called pretty much saying, I'm... I'm crazy, I'm crazy right now. Mm-hmm. I killed why. someone. I'm crazy. Come get me. You know? Mm. So that's his attempt to plead insanity, pretty much. Wow. So trial in the federal court is now set for March 14th, 2022. Oh, dang. That's a ways away. It is a ways away. I'm yeah. surprised. Aren't they supposed to, like, get them done within a certain amount of time? Oh, no. The criminal justice system is long and exhausting. Oh. Like, exhausting. Because I've... I've been with victims who, it was a year until we went to trial. Oh, wow. And it was just a long time. It's really like this person's schedule, this person's schedule, trying to get discovery, doing more investigating. So it really... It takes a long time. Yeah, especially if he's playing a Sandy, there could be evaluations um, done. And that takes a while too. So it's just a bunch of different things. Dang. I was not in the know. Especially in Oregon. I know, but um, they have to go under a psychosexual evaluation to see if they're a danger to the community or their probability of offending again. And those take up to like three months to do. So it's so much, so much shit that people have to go through. So, um, well, I just remember we were talking about another victim, but I remember she had to go to trial like numerous times you had talked it you told a story about her Mm -hmm. and she just had to keep reliving it and reliving it and reliving it and it's like oh my i think he had a bunch of appeals or something like that and then she had to go back for every single appeal Mm -hmm. and it's just like just seems like torture almost again just reopening the wounds over and over again have to relive it it's just terrible so what especially if it's an fbi investigation i can only imagine how long this is going to take. But so the maximum for hate crimes, kidnapping and firearm offenses is life imprisonment. And for obstruction of justice is 20 years. So he is looking for a very long time in prison. So good justice should be served. And I'm glad they added the hate crime to it because if that was his plan, like he already did that to two other people trying to kidnap them. It's like seeking out. Yeah. Gay men. Mm -hmm. I mean, it feels a little bit like a hate crime. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so Holden, I'm so sorry this happened to you, but it sounds like he, I don't know, he's just like a more calm person, I guess. Maybe not more anxiety. Well, it's like, I've been through this. Yeah. What the fuck else can happen? Exactly. Come on. And he, the way that he could stay calm through this whole thing was, is so incredible and in that he's strong and brave and... He's amazing. Sometimes I wonder if you have sort of glimpsed the other side, if that Mm. helps to bring some calm into your life. You know, it's like there's not nothing beyond this. That's true. There's something welcoming and Mm -hmm. calming and 
don't well, know. if he said he <laughs> felt like a wave of peaceness over him, maybe he can channel that peaceness again. You know, yeah. like he felt the absolute calmness of life. So he's like, well, I can do that again, mm. or not like again, but like he can channel that into like everyday life. Maybe I don't oh. know, but he went through something traumatic, and for him to come out this other end, still putting himself out there for dating apps and also trying to be a calmer person going to college and seeing his main goal of being an actor like he has his sights on bigger things which is amazing yeah i feel like he's only going to be successful oh i think so too you know absolutely oh, and he just has such a i don't know for being he, 18 well now he's 19 but yeah for having that like insight that that young age like i'm yeah. almost 30 and like ooh, you know <laughs> <laughs> Agreed, girl. Agreed. <laughs> Fucking 43. Uh, I feel it as well. No, I just, I am actually almost told a story about a near-death experience, oh. you know, where they had passed over. I didn't oh, this time. Oh, yeah, I, see, I, I almost see. did. And just because I just find something about that, you know, it's almost like your soul is coming to right. pick you up and to take you to this, like, I don't know. Other side. Yeah, yeah. and it's just pure love that calmness is, yeah no pain just Ugh. bliss yeah right so it just gives me hope for, right for the when other side the can, Michelle. Yeah, for when i kick the can thank you caitlin <laughs> that was very eloquent yeah thank you <laughs> i got a lot of those oh uh, that's hilarious well my story is not about a near-death experience well what is about i sur- survivors of near death well yeah i guess so no i mean she didn't actually die well no he didn't die either yeah but she saw a white light and the whole thing Is i that, feel okay. like that's all almost right. dying okay yeah. fair enough fair enough yes i don't think she all well she did uh, almost die it's a sur- yeah it's a survival <laughs> okay what kind of podcast do you think i think we just running? need more drinks okay okay michelle it's your turn all right What's your story okay well, I'm taking us back to 2011 Ooh. with this one. Mm-hmm. And we're in Wyoming's Death Cannon. Oh. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. I always like that. I don't I know, know why. You say, yeah. That's another thing. Like, if we ever come up with a cookbook or a cocktail cookbook, uh-huh. we're going to have to come up with a dun, dun, dun yeah. cocktail book. I like anyway. it. Anyway. Okay. I'm sorry. We actually breaked for another drink. <laughs> It's probably not. Yours is gone. Damn, girl. I'm sorry. You're not going to be able to go on that bike ride I later. <laughs> Poor thing. Oh, uh, All right. So this story is about Lauren McLean. Um, and she is actually from Portland, Oregon. Oh, wow. Hi. Hey, girl. So uh, Lauren has spent lots of her vacations hiking and fly fishing and horseback riding. I mean, she's outdoorsy. She's she's an outdoorsy girl. That is exactly correct. And she was actually in college at the time uh, going to the University of Montana. And she took up rock climbing. And so she was all into that. Cool. And after graduating, she spent a few months backpacking a lot in Alaska and then took a summer job leading youth expeditions into the wilderness. So oh. they were like Wilderness Ventures, an outdoor adventure company in cool. Wyoming. And on one of these outings, she actually met mountaineer and extreme sports journalist Michael Ibarra. I apologize okay. if I said it's Ybarra. I don't know. It's sure. Probably, I'm going to call him Ybarra. 
So Michael, uh-huh. You're just <laughs> was, Michael. Yeah, yeah, just Michael, uh, was 44, and he had actually discovered mountain climbing in his 30s and just really gotten into the sport. So he is fully into mountain climbing. In fact, he started taking expeditions out and um, having people mountain climb along with him as and he was their guide and that type of thing oh okay so he was pretty much always ready to hit the rocks if you will okay so cute (laughs) so uh lauren uh told michael that she was going to be heading out to this rugged tetan range and hopefully i said that right it was a spot in Wyoming, mm-hmm. and she essentially like, let's get together and do some climbing together. Cool, yeah. So they decided to meet in August of 2011 in this death cannon in okay. Wyoming. So, um, and actually, Lauren brought along with her another uh, of the wilderness expedition mm-hmm. instructors, uh, Dana, who was actually 21 at the time. And so the two ladies headed off to Wyoming, into this spot in Wyoming, and then Michael met them there. Oh, okay. So, and they're going to just go out and have this, it sounded like a pretty advanced mountain climb or rock climbing expedition. Oh, okay. So they're all very fit. They're all ready for a big challenge. And- Experience. They've done quite a lot of rock climbing uh, through the years. So Michael actually was um, especially good at leading complex climbs, Oh, which is what this is. So I'm presuming that just means it takes a lot of equipment and it's very sheer. The difficulty is higher. Yeah, the difficulty is really high. And so he has gone to the Himalayas and the Andes. And I mean, so he's gone all over the place. So he's got a lot of experience is kind of my point. So the trio... Michael, Lauren, and Dana uh, spent the first three days just going up and down all these very difficult rock faces. And on day four, they decided to tackle the schnaz. Oh, oh I'm saying okay. that right. S-N-A-Z, schnaz. Sounds <laughs> oh. good. It is uh, a route on the south side of a formation known as the Cathedral Buttress. So I don't really know what that means. I'm just means assuming either. it's tall and high, maybe has a pinnacle. So they've climbed four days in a row. This is like, this is day four. Oh, so yes. it's three days in a row. I feel like I would be super sore yeah. after day two. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I'd be down for the count after the first hour of day one. I'd be like, well, it turns out this is not for yeah, me. Yeah, right. Our trio of rock climbers start out at dawn um, mm-hmm. hiking through the Death Cannon. So, and apparently the Death Cannon is named this because there was an explorer that vanished back in 1899. So, it's oh. not that, like, a ton of people have died in Just this one. cannon. Just the one. Okay. It sounds like. So, it's not quite as scary, okay. perhaps, as it sounds. All right. They reached the base of the cliff mm-hmm. at 8 a.m. And so, they got themselves in their harness. They got themselves all tied up with their nylon ropes. And they began... They're 1,800-foot ascent up. Whoa. They would take it in nine stages. And each of these nine stages, I guess, is called a pitch. So, oh, okay. um, 
which I think will come into play later. So I think they sort of go up Mm -hmm. and go up one pitch. As they say, they can take a break. They sort of reset all of their equipment and then head up again. So that's my understanding and my very limited of knowledge. I mean, it sounds good to me. Yeah, Yeah. perfect. Yeah. I don't know a lot about rock climbing, but here we are. I did get to go at the the rock climbing place here in Salem. Oh, yeah. They, and I did uh, level zero. (laughs) And that's all I could do. It's hard. It is hard, man. I thought like... I think I went to a kid's playground once and I was like, boo, whatever. It's like 10 <laughs> feet. And I was like, holy shit, this is way harder than I thought. Yeah, and it was, it was hard. Yeah. So well done, guys. Yeah. I guess ultimately they were planning on climbing 9,600 feet. Whoa. So that is this whole. Uh, That's a long way. Yeah. I mean, it's almost 10,000 feet up, Ooh. like for heaven's sakes. Michael climbed first. Okay. And each time he would sort of reset his ropes and he would cram the, I guess it's pittens. It doesn't say that here. Um, But he had, you know, all this equipment that he would cram into the rock that would hold their ropes Mm -hmm. and everything. So if one of them actually did fall, they wouldn't free fall down to the bottom. You know, as it says, such devices are meant to prevent climbers from falling too far if they lose their footing. So when he finished a pitch, Dana and Lauren would follow afterwards using his safety equipment that he left behind. And then once they got all to the top, he would sort of reset his safety equipment and then they would start moving up again. He would go first and then the two would follow. Once they started following behind, he would sort of manage their ropes for them all that extra low rope which is called belaying i guess so oh. he's sort of pulling the loose rope up as they're climbing so they don't have all this like crap behind him hmm. i guess so he reeled in the slack as the women sort of got into their position and then he would climb up to the next pitch and then it would all start again so they're just taking it stage by stage so on this particular day the day was gorgeous and everything was going really smoothly Uh, As the hours wore on, though, the mood of the group sort of shifted. They were all really excited, and I think sort of as the day wore on, they got more anxious and more... Agitated? Agitated, Mm. and uh, this says grimly determined. Oh, okay. (laughs) So they could actually start seeing dark clouds coming on the horizon. And so around 4 o'clock, they were like, we better start sort of hustling we gotta get going faster because we're just gonna get caught in this deluge of rain that's on the way i feel the same way about road trips like i'm super excited and after hour three or four i'm like i am done (laughs) this wasn't as fun as i thought yeah yeah i just want to get to my destination yeah and the idea that I have another five hours in the car makes me yeah. want to murder everybody. Exactly. But I'm just sitting in a car, so I'm not climbing. So yeah. I can really imagine. Well, and I'm sure at this point they're tired. Yeah. I mean, this is day four of their trip, and, you know, they've got a lot of hiking in front of them. Yeah, that's true. So Michael was like, let's get this done before it starts pouring on us. So there was two possible routes for them to go for this last pitch. It started on a narrow ridge, and 
as was his practice, Michael opted for the more difficult one, mm. which makes me want to murder him just right here. <laughs> it required uh, the three of them to scale a nine meter, or excuse me, a nine foot overhang. So they had to sort of come out from the mountain face oh, wow. and then sort of climb over. So they I weren't see. just climbing up, they're climbing out, out and, and up. Over. Yeah, yeah exactly. And at this point, lightning starts. So they've got (gasps) lightning crackling down on them. And unfortunately, they knew just being these with all of their metal equipment and everything that they were just targets sitting on the side of a freaking mountain shear. So Lauren pushed herself off the wall and then dangled next to Dana. So the two ladies sort of discuss how they're going to get up and over this little ridge that they have to do so uh lauren was like why don't you try shimming up my rope and when you get to the top tell michael to put down the rope and then i'll be able to get up a little bit more easily okay so dana heads up so at this point lauren is just sort of swinging off the side of the road or off the side of the mountain and just hanging out in a little in her all of her harnesses and things and Dana is heading up the side. She ends up managing to haul herself over this like protrusion that's hanging off the side of the mountain face and she tells Lauren I'll see you soon and then she clears it and then Michael who's sitting on the top of this little protrusion is sees her and was like where the fuck is Lauren? Uh-huh. Like, why is it just you? So he's a little bit startled and a little bit taken aback. I think he was expecting both of them to be able to get up quickly. Oh, And now okay. he's realizing that Lauren is still down there hanging off the side. Uh-huh. So he's going to... Mansplain on how... <laughs> <laughs> Probably a little bit. <laughs> no, I'm sure Michael is not mansplaining. <laughs> So he's like, we need to get her out of there. The yeah. rain's going to come. The wind is shifting. We've got this lightning coming. He's got this sort of gadget on the side, on his waist. That is what is keeping the two women, like, it's their safety rope. Oh. So he's got it around his waist as well with, like, a pulley system. Interesting. Okay. So, and what it has is this auto-locking device. So if it starts to sort of free fall it just automatically grabs the rope oh wow and i mean granted it would probably pull michael some but at least it keeps them from free falling falling down to the bottom and so he had rigged it to automatically clamp down if either of the women fell but he was trying to hurry to reset the mechanism so it wouldn't fall and he's you know moving the ropes around and as we know lauren is still sort of swinging at the bottom mm-hmm. and something happened where the end of the rope just sort of whoosh, <gasps> and came out of the mechanism before it could clamp down oh my gosh dana's there and michael's there and they're just like oh shit as they're just watching the rope just sort of <gasps> leave the pulley and he was able to like grab it and break it but at that point lauren too late had started falling (gasps) oh my gosh another free fall a free fall lauren falls yeah so her feet hit 
first and they sort of strike rock with the force of a hammer blow is what she said. And then she sort of topples onto her side and is now facing the side of the cliff. And what had happened is she had actually fallen onto this little tiny ledge. So there was this like ledge that was a foot and a half off the side of the mountain Uh and she had fallen onto that. But in the meantime, she had clearly like shattered at least one of her ankles. She thinks both of them are probably broken. And when she went to sort of reach out to grab the rope she realized that maybe her back was broken as well she had this shooting pain that went up her back and she just didn't know what had happened she saw that her ankles had already started swelling over the top of her boots and ants began to swarm all over her so, Why? You're like, this bitch is dead? Like, I right? think there must have been like an anthill or something oh. in this one particular spot that she landed on. And actually, that's when she reached forward to wipe the ants off when she felt the excruciating pain in her oh. spine. So I misspoke earlier. And then it started to rain. Oh, my god! So gosh. she falls. She's barely hanging on. Broken. And now covered in ants. Covered in wet. Oh, my gosh. Oh, so Dana and Michael are up top still like, ah, what the yeah. fuck just happened? And so they shout down, Lauren, are you okay? And after a long while, they hear, I'm not okay. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, okay. So Michael pulls out his cell phone and he calls 911. Oh, good. Okay. And His service and such. Yeah. Fortunately, because yeah. half the time in these stories, nobody's got exactly. service. <laughs> So they, he says they've got an injured climber. I'll tell you more when we have more details. And then what he did is he retied all of his own ropes and then started rappelling down to where Lauren was. Oh, okay. And he's like, I'm sorry, Lauren. You know, I mean, clearly it was an accident. Right. But it was, you know, perhaps could have been prevented. I'm not sure. I don't think I don't anyone know. fully knows what happened. Yeah. Um, he said something messed up with the ballet and are you hurt? And she's like, both of my legs and my feet and my back whenever I try to move. And he was like, how bad is your pain on a scale of one to 10? And she's like, nine. Oh, wow. It was probably yeah. like a 13. Probably. But Lauren's staying strong. Um, he's like, we're going to try to get you taken care of. There's no phone reception on the side of the mountain where you are. But so I'm going to call it in a. Yeah, but we called up ahead. He climbed back up and he was able to talk to the ranger again and let him know Lauren's condition and everything. And unfortunately, there was a lot of things that prevented a rescue. Mm. So it's getting later in the day. Mm -hmm. At this point, it's like 4.55 and they can't go out after dark it's like it's just too dangerous to send a helicopter out after dark so they're trying to sort of mount this rescue with this huge storm coming in dark is coming and so they're trying to sort of get it done as quickly as they can which was sort of what led to this whole thing in the beginning everyone was trying to hurry to get up and out of the rain and the lightning and probably ended up with some mistakes Mm -hmm. in the in the safety equipment. So he rappled down again and 
he gave his phone to Dana and then came down and to sit next to Lauren. Aww. And so he was just sort of cradling her while he's Aww. like on the sheer cliff face. Right. I mean, cause there's no room for right, him. So it's, we need to put, yeah, yeah. It's her and that's it. So he's hanging off this way that she had been earlier. And he was like, would it help if I distracted you? Do you want me to talk to you about your childhood? And she's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I I need to focus on my breathing because it's the only way that I'm able to manage the pain. Aww, yeah, she thing. was in incredible pain. Michael fell silent and cradled Lauren as she just essentially lay there broken. And he's hanging over the abyss and mm. she rolls too much. She's down for the count. Yeah. So all the while... We have a rescue expedition being mounted. Mm -hmm. And so they're getting all the people together to try to figure out how to get a helicopter out to them. They, unfortunately, the scouting crew brought back some worrying news that the thunderstorms were nearby and there it wasn't clear whether the angle of the cliff would allow the rotors of the helicopter to have enough room to even oh. get close enough to get to them. Shoot. It's otherwise they're going to be just crashing into the side, yeah. into the side of the mountain. And of course it's getting later and the sunlight would be gone by nine. And what are, at this point we're like five o'clock or so. Oh, and they're still yeah. trying to figure it. So they've got a little bit of time. And so they decided they're just going to give it a go and just oh. hope for the best. And right. <laughs> if they have to turn around and come home, they will, but they're going to, they're going to try. That's good. Um, all the while, Lauren is essentially preparing to spend the night on the Aww, cliff. I know. Gosh. I sprained my back recently playing softball, and that oh. was that was really painful. So I imagine a broken back and two broken ankles. I know. Well, I had stepped on a rake and sprained my oh, ankle, right. and I was just like, "Well, I'm done forever. Yeah. Like this is the worst." Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, so. At 7.45, Dana, who's sitting up on top, uh, starts to hear the drone of the helicopter. Oh, coming. And she, she said watching the ranger sort of float down in front of her was one of the most surreal experiences Aww. that she had ever had. The guy named Ryan, Ryan uh, Schuster, came down and he had a large gear bag and he started inspecting the site and reinforcing all of the climbing anchors that they had already put in. So mm. he went through and sort of made sure everything was safe once more and then left oh. and then came back and they had actually put another ranger on the top of the hill or on top of the peak, uh -huh. I guess, where Dana was. And they had a park medic there. And then they actually had uh, medical equipment, food, warm clothing, and sleeping bags. Aww. So they were prepared to have to be able to drop all this off and get yeah. out of there quickly, if I need see. be, before they actually rescued her. But fortunately, they were able to rappel down the cliff and reach Lauren and Michael. And at that point, it was a little bit after, it was almost 8.30. Oh, wow. So they're right on the edge. Yeah. They check her vital signs. They splinted her, the worst of the two ankles, her mm -hmm. left ankle. They tried to see if she had any other broken bones, um, which they would set later. And then they decided, you know what? We got to get her off the cliff face. Mm -hmm. Like, she can't stay here anymore. Yeah. With the approaching storm, they decided that 
they were going to just go for it. They oh, were wow. going to try to rescue her. They were going to be quick and precise. Get in, get out, get her out of there. So they decided to try to squeeze the helicopter down in between Ooh. these rocks and just sort of hope that the wind remained calm. Sure. So <laughs> they had a guy come down. They told Lauren, we're going to put you in a screamer suit. And she's like, why do you guys call it a screamer suit? And he's like, well, you'll see soon enough. Oh, great. Okay. And so <laughs> they strapped her into this rigid suit that had a ring in front to attach to a carabiner, which then the chopper is hanging above that. So they okay. put her into a suit and they attach her to the helicopter and off she goes over the abyss. Oh my gosh. And so she's like swinging in just free air at this point. Uh. And she said she did in fact feel like screaming, but it was more screams of joy rather than of pure fear. That would not be the case with me. No, right? Mine would be screaming of pure fear. I like they named it after that. Yeah. <laughs> How you feel. I just wonder if people were have actually been like screaming as they're like rocking back Probably. and forth. Yeah, that sounds scary as shit. Uh, but she did say that the sunset was one of the most beautiful that she had ever seen in her life. Oh, we look at the bright side of things. I know. Good job. So they took her to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, to a hospital there. And that's where Lauren learned uh, that she had broken both of her legs, <sighs> both of her feet, her pelvis, and a vertebrae in her lower back. Oh, so my gosh. her whole lower body is just shattered. The damage to her left foot was so severe that they thought they were going to have to amputate it. Oh, my goodness. And so they gave her a dose of morphine to help her sleep. And the next morning, she was flown to the University of Utah Hospital okay. in Salt Lake City, where she underwent four hours of surgery oh. to try to fix her mangled foot. When she awoke, she was relieved to find her foot still there. Yay. <laughs> so she was okay. able to keep her foot. But surgeons said that it was too early to determine whether, you know, how she was going to do in the long term. Three days later, uh, Lauren's father had come in from Portland and spent quite a few days with her in the hospital room. And a month into her rehab, she asked her dad to put her old bike onto a stand for mm -hmm. her to exercise on. Apparently, what the orthopedist had told her is that she would never run again, and she would probably never even be able to walk up a steep <gasps> hill, really. Aww. And she decided to prove him wrong. Oh, <laughs> she was like, like "Fuck that. that guy." Even so, though both of her legs were still in casts or partial casts, she pedaled every day on that stationary bike. Wow. And then when the cast came off, she threw herself into physical therapy. So in January of 2012, six months later, she actually took off to New Zealand for like a hiking trip. Holy cow! So she's feeling much better. And then by May, she was back at rock climbing. Wow! So I know, good for her. So she actually went back to the mountains in Montana. And actually she went back to, or she took another job leading uh, youth expeditions. She went to Fiji where she taught herself to surf. Oh, my snap. God. And she actually had the goal of redoing that climb with Michael. Whoa. Um, but actually, unfortunately, that will remain unfulfilled because Michael died on a solo climb of oh July. Oh, my gosh. I know. Oh, July of 2012. <gasps> 
He fell from a like almost 200 foot uh, cliff in Yosemite. Oh my gosh. She says his death is still hard to process. He was one of the strongest climbers she had ever seen. What the fuck, Michelle? I know. I'm sorry. So Michael didn't survive later. What? But Lauren survived. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. She says, as for her own near-death experience, as far as her own near-death experience, she was more determined than ever to make every minute count. And she tries to keep a good attitude, go slowly and methodically, and you can get through anything. Actually, she says get through it all. I switched it up a little bit. That's fine. But (laughs) I think the sentiment is the same. That's amazing. Way to prove people wrong. I know. Fuck all y'all. Right? I'm going to do everything I want. Good job. Good job. Wow. I would be done with rock climbing forever. You think so? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I was stuck in an elevator. I'm pretty done with those (laughs) forever. Forever. Yeah. Till I make you. Come, Caitlin. Get in this elevator with me. Yeah, you pay me. (laughs) Yeah. I'll take the stairs, bitch. I see where you're going with this. Ugh. That's. Super awesome yet super sad. I guess, okay, I can't say anything because my last story was about falling and someone else, you know, passed away. So I can't. So there, Caitlin. I know, I'm sorry. But, wow. I know. It'd be hard to lose somebody, especially doing something that they were so good at. Yeah. You know, you would think nothing can touch them. Right. Unfortunately. That's why all my activities are pretty safe. Pretty safe, yeah. I, I probably won't die. Like podcasting. I mean, unless we drink too much, which it's possible, is possible. But I think it's a long ways away from where we are actually drinking. Yeah. No. I, yeah. Abs- <laughs> yeah. I mean, that Absolutely. peach schnapps bottle is almost gone, but we don't need to get into that. Peach schnapps is like two percent. You know. That's exactly correct. Sure. Thank you, Caitlin. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, drink responsibly, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Drink responsible. I think Nick will be able to save us anyways. He's always listening in the background. Oh, wow. good times. I just love hearing how all these survivors just, like, overcome everything and just, like, show up everyone. All the, like, my bones were broken. Yeah, look, I'm still climbing. Yeah. I'm still doing all this stuff. And here we are drinking, sitting on a Sunday. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, good for you guys. Exactly. Like, oh, my goodness. You guys are killing it a yeah. little bit more than we are. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we we have good things going. That's right, Caitlin. We sure do. We sure do. Oh my God, I All thought right. we just lost power. <laughs> no. Well, those are really good stories, and uh, I'm I'm just really happy about this podcast always having a happy ending. For the overall, most part, for the most yeah. Part, yeah. I mean, poor Michael. Poor that Michael. Blows. Oh my gosh. Mm. Terrible. Well, poor Edgar last time too. It's just. Ugh tragedy you know but these survivors you know take that tragedy and gain something out of it i guess agreed i do sometimes well never mind i won't Say go it. into it's how cut out <laughs> like i feel like your soul is going to intercede on mm. your behalf like if you're not growing in the way or becoming more yeah i mean i don't know what else to say if you're not becoming more, your soul's gonna come in and be like, "You better fucking get to being better," and right. we'll fuck up your whole life for you. I explained that very badly, but I get to it. sort of get you back on track, yeah, 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 and to get you growing again, yeah, and being all that you can be. 
I like that. You know, because that's uh, my feeling is the whole point of being alive. I mean, all this is a simulation anyways. That's, I just can't. Girl, you don't even know. It's oh all a hologram. Uh, birds no, aren't real. <laughs> totally what Lazar talks about. Really? It's all, all of it. Oh None of it. It's all an illusion. What is real is the emotions and. Well, why is it all about money then? Because that's what is, it isn't all about money, and money is an illusion. It's just another energy like anything else. Fuck. Well, I'm so glad everything uh, turned out pretty good, at least at the end, you know, and hopefully we will keep updated on Holden's story. Well, it sounds like Holden and Lauren are back at it. Yeah. Freaking living their lives and being awesome. Exactly. And hopefully he hasn't come back to testify too many times for this. I hope not either. Uh, Holden. All right, so we hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, catch us on Instagram and Facebook on our website at shetotallybedeadrightnow.com. And yeah, we would love to hear from you about any drink suggestions or if you just want to say hey, you know, we're nice people. You know what? We drank whiskey for all you a-holes. We hate whiskey and we're trying to expand our horizons yes. so everyone can enjoy these drinks. So there you go. There you go. Whiskey. Dumb faces. All right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, goodbye. Good night. Good night.